0: everyone welcome to another fantastic episode of classic elder scrolls night i am your host ivarwin and i'm playing oblivion with my sneaky character named shank uh, with me on the call tonight is qgn community managers john supa
1: hi everybody
0: marq of tamriel
2: Hey, my dudes. It's about with me, MoroQ. You're on Twitch and in Cyrodiil and on YouTube. Hello.
0: And we've got a brand new host for you this evening to talk classic Elder Scrolls, the one and only
2: Shanks Tank. Oh, it's not Dave. It's not Dave.
3: Yay! Yo... Um, I can just tell you that I have uh, watched and listened that means I went, I watched the videos on YouTube and I listened to the podcast so dual wielding classic Elder Scrolls uh, caught up till now uh, I think what you guys have done with the show is fantastic um, and it's awesome, I'm really happy to be here I'm stoked, and you're playing as me I am, I am playing as you
2: yay, yay Shayne so how does to family? that make you
4: feel that he's playing as you right now it's a, it's a very literal out of body experience. If you see yourself die, is there a paradox moment? Environment, what are we doing here? Well <laughs>
0: what I'm doing right now is I'm reloading my game.
1: Uh
0: so basically where I'm at right now is Fort Such and I am <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Yeah, Shank already knows. <laughs> I'm in I'm in Fort Such. Uh, I'm pl- apparently I'm playing as a badass thief still. Uh, I am trying to do the the Dark Brotherhood uh, quest chain. That is that is my purpose right now. And I'm in here to administer a bottle of poison to a guy named Roderick.
2: Oh, well, I remember this. You're doing it last week.
3: Can I ask you a quick question, Barwind?
1: Absolutely.
3: Did you? Happened to take the um, secret entrance into here?
0: The secret entrance? Uh, you know, I, I don't think so. I think what I did was I just went ahead and took an entrance. <laughs> I
4: just think you barged through it. the front door.
0: Yeah. You <laughs> just walked into the. <laughs> Straight up. Strolled right on in like I own the place.
2: Like a boss. Like a like Strolled Strolling open like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, like
4: this singing thing.
2: If Everybody I'll... loves it. I've had I've had um, confirmation that people find it really entertaining when I sing.
3: You are you are my most favourite East Midlander, my friend.
2: Thank you, Shank. You're, you're also my the... most favourite Bostonian. You're also the only East Midlander I know, so <laughs> And you're the only person from Boston that I know of consequence.
0: There you go. Of consequence, he said.
2: Yeah, because super's from there but Yay. Shank.
3: I'm such a huge fan. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a huge fan of um Boston myself, so
0: You know, I distinctly remember doing this quest last week. You did? What, yeah. what
2: happened?
0: I don't Oh you know. yeah, never mind. <laughs> like I I don't know what happened. I I think maybe I saved over a file or something. I
2: you got killed.
0: Uh, no, no, I, 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 ended up doing it. Doing it. Ah, it doesn't matter. I'll do it again. It was fun the first time, <laughs> and it'll be fun the second time.
2: Oh no, Hobbit! I didn't say my singing was good. I said people enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very different.
0: That's two totally different things. Yes, without a doubt. So big hello to our chat
3: room. Absolutely, Yay, chat room. Already got thirty people in there. This is wow. Yeah, I guess that speaks to the popularity of this uh, event here, Varwin, that you've created.
0: Pretty, uh, pretty awesome. Thanks for everyone. Thanks to everyone for for joining. Nice, uh, nice chat room so far. We just started. Just, just getting this thing off the ground for tonight. I hope everyone enjoys some of the topics that we've picked out. I hope uh, everyone enjoys the stroll through Tamriel that we're going to uh, be going through this evening. At some point, I may actually just throw up Morrowind. I don't know. I, don't know. I think we'll- you
3: should. That might be. That might wow. be good. If If, if your uh, Skyrim happens to crash, or your oblivion.
0: My oblivion. Yeah, to crash. as soon as oblivion crashes, we'll go straight to Morrowind. <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like we planned
2: it. I had really bad images when you said when I throw up Morrowind. Bleah. Bleah, bleah, Morrowind. <laughs> the whole province. I'm just gonna,
0: just gonna hurl it right on up. Oh see look there it is right there. Roderick's poison. I did put it in here. I did complete this quest. And
4: huh. get out of here, man.
0: What are you doing? Let me
3: I'm I'm going to take a wild guess, but yeah. given avarwin's track record of not saving frequently. hmm I'm guessing he didn't save frequently.
4: No, I think he saved right before walking out of the house, instead of, like, walking out of the house and then saving.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I've actually been really good about the saving thing. Check this uh-huh. out. This this guard uh, was up here, and I, I used my bow and arrow, shot the guard uh, from below, got her directly in the abdomen. She, here he, here, she, here she is right here. And, uh... I just looted her body. All right. <laughs> The the music, uh, the game stuff, uh, game audio is. Uh, just let me know chat room if that's too loud for you, and I will certainly lower it.
3: Oh, uh, I can't quite read that. I think that's DVD.
2: Yeah, DVD. Uh, that thank is you DVD. for.
3: Thank you for welcoming me, sir. It's very exciting. Very exciting times.
0: So. Shank, uh, for for those yes, sir. for those uh, out there who who may not necessarily know too much about your your history in Elder Scrolls and just know you from commenting on Elder Scrolls online, on Elder Scrolls off the record,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what what can you sort of tell people about your experiences with the classic Elder Scrolls games? Some of your favorite classic Elder Scrolls games. What you like to do. What, when sure. it comes to classic Elder Scrolls games, what's Shank? Define Shank in classic Elder Scrolls.
3: Um, my experience right now is Oblivion and Skyrim, although I have to be honest, after what you showed uh, during the, uh, um, oh my god, I can't remember, maybe it was the previous stream of this uh, show when you were thumbing through the anthology.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, Daggerfall?
3: yeah no 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 he was like i think you were literally like you showed us the case oh. <laughs>
1: yeah and like
3: all those <laughs> things happened. and i i'm very seriously considering buying that anthology because it just looks like it has awesome stuff and i don't oh, have to amazing. mess with doc's box just no i i don't because like when i was uh when it came out last year i was kind of like oh, uh, yeah, sure. I, what what you
4: don't have the anthology
3: no, not yet. But I, I'm considering buying it after seeing Arwen playing through uh, Daggerfall and stuff when he didn't have pants. But <laughs> so <laughs> my 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 background is, is mainly Oblivion and Skyrim. Um, I I generally play a uh, a some a sort of sneaky type character uh, with uh, heavy emphasis on bow, uh, walking everywhere. I don't really fast travel except for that one time that never happened. Um, Which,
0: by the way, is now on the brand new QGN trailer on YouTube. As soon as you go to our YouTube channel, you see the, the one moment when when Shank had to fast travel and then apologized to Todd Howard for doing so. And then <laughs> you threw myself the off the throat of the world.
4: <laughs> so the story behind that is the YouTube fan finder video that gives you tips on how to make your trailer said the first five seconds has to grab somebody. <laughs> so I said, this will do. It It grabbed me. That's for sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Consider me grabbed.
3: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it was sneaky marksman, um, archery. um, I I don't. I I try to avoid combat as much as possible. Even though there are some situations where I just have to stand my ground and fight. Um, I'm known to run away quite a lot, like a wounded cheetah. Like
1: a (laughs) wounded cheetah. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> that is absolutely that is probably the best uh, simile that you could have come up with there
1: um,
3: but yes I I, I, uh, I generally I, I run away a lot I, I am oh, known to pretty accomplish really nothing um, if I play for two hours chances are that I've done nothing of note except for walk for about two hours maybe i would have completed like a part of an objective for an overall quest maybe yeah. um but that that's me um looking forward to uh, i really do want to get the anthology and um play uh arena and especially especially daggerfall after hearing I, uh-
0: I will tell you shank since you love walking so much you will love Daggerfall because that's, that's what I've heard, man. That's all heard. I did was walk endlessly for no reason
4: whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I were to start with the anthology, I would go with Daggerfall too, just because the control scheme is so much similar, as the Varum was pointing Rena out that episode.
2: Arena is awful.
4: Yeah, I, I actually
3: I got Arena, um, and Abar went had to like tell me like how to actually get the game to run. And yeah. I, was, I was I was trying to get it to run, and I was like, okay, cool. So I was like putting my hands on W A S D and the mouse, and I was like, um, yeah, this moving. isn't working. Yep. Yeah.
2: So yeah, oh, long I had to install it, and I did me playing it.
0: Totally, totally different. Now with Daggerfall, <laughs> the default uh, control scheme for Daggerfall is actually what you see in Arena. But uh you can go in there and manipulate the controls.
2: Lay hey, repair hammer. That's not worth seventeen gold.
0: So it um you can manipulate the controls, so it can play like a regular Elder Scrolls game.
3: That's yeah, I, I that's that's kinda cool actually. So like you're not you're not clicking around on stuff, you're actually controlling your uh what was it, view based controls that you called it?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, um, yeah. Osgan in the chat saying, yeah, the Daggerfall map is 40,000 square miles. And you get all the maps in the anthology. Am I correct in saying that? Oh, yes. yeah, absolutely, dude. They're beautiful. And, and I think, honestly, that's probably 80% of why I want the anthology. Because <laughs> I love looking through the maps and looking through, like, all just the, 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 uh, the in-game, like, literature that comes with the, each one of the, uh, the games. Like, just, like, reading through the manual and stuff. It, it's just so... You get cool.
0: you get PDF uh, documents of sure. of the manuals. Yep,
3: that's pretty cool.
0: And the the Daggerfall and Arena PDF manuals are stunning. They're absolutely stunning. I feel like taking them to like Kinkos or, or Staples or something and getting them, you know, printed out because wow, I just one shot that person.
4: And get them um, printed on like parchment. There you go.
0: Don't don't joke. No, no jump I'm not. Me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like I... So get them
4: printed I, on parchment.
2: I may do this. Hmm. And that's coming hey, from a guy I'm who won't pay dollars for Shrine of Talos. No, I
4: won't. So, <laughs> it's less to go get those things printed at uh, Kinko's on parchment paper.
0: Well, it's different when you're making a suggestion to a guy like me who buys an Engage on eBay for $160 <laughs> and a copy, an unopened copy of The Elder Scrolls Travel Shadow Key... <laughs> For 40?
2: <laughs> One open copy of Shadow Key and you rip that off quicker okay. than a nun's knickers.
4: Which, oh, wow. <laughs> That's slightly.
3: So offensive, okay. it's immersion breaking. I'm, 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 in, I'm, in, I'm interested in that now. I, you have my attention. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Time to leave this dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that'll restart the conversation.
3: I think that makes a good point though because I think in um not the none thing, but the actual like <laughs> packaging thing. Because you uh you know when when you download games on Steam, um for example like you know downloading uh Skyrim on Steam, you get obviously you get the game and the content, but you don't really get that that tactile map and stuff. No. You know, what, you know what I mean? Um, so I think whenever the next one comes out, I might, even though I'm going to be playing it on my PC, I think I want to buy a console version anyway, just for the box and the, the, the map and everything. Like, you know, I, I just, mm-hmm. I like any other game. I would have said that's that stupid buying it twice like that. But I, I think the Elder Scrolls the six, whatever it, it is going to merit it because I, the, the map is such a huge component and I think it's just, I mean it's cool. You know, it's it's just cool to like open up a map and like just look at the the world, you know, and ha- literally oh, yeah. have that physical map in your hands. I think that's kind of cool.
0: It's something that so, I was... miss too from from just like old school RPG gaming. You know, that that kind of thing. That was the best part of it, man. That was or well, one of the best parts of it was knowing that the packaging came with just old D&D style manuals where you felt like I I own a piece of this world in my hands physically
3: it makes it almost like that much more real doesn't
4: it when you're holding that map
0: sure that's what it's supposed to do
4: and like you know on Totally Heroes how you kind of you have that that little display in the background you want that Elder Scrolls box right behind you Shane oh yeah yeah
0: you want it (laughs) <laughs> it's a beautiful uh, oh. box is, ab- is absolutely gorgeous
3: it is I mean that 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 cover art if, if you're wondering what we're referring to if you look at the uh the, the legendary edition of the of the game or the the collector's edition I'm, I'm sorry the collector's edition of Skyrim um it actually came in this large box and the sleeve it came in um it's it's an it's a piece of artwork that covers all four panels and it's one continuous sweeping uh, artwork of the Dovahkiin kind of just staring at this massive expanse in front of him and honestly if you want if you want one image to describe what that Skyrim is about that's it That that's it it, yeah. it tells you exactly what you're going to expect from that game in, in just an image and I think that's incredible
2: endless possibility What's that? I said that bo took some killing. He sure did. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Evolwin is playing the game as we're talking, uh, those who listen to the podcast. um, And, yeah, he just pretty much faced off against... I can't remember if it was Bebop or Rocksteady from uh, Teenage (laughs) Mutant Ninja (laughs) Turtles.
0: Yeah, I think that might have been Bebop right there. Yeah. Bebop off the boar, boar in this game. I tell you, I don't, I don't, I don't flinch when I see when I see like you know it's such minor daedra like like scamps. But when I see a boar, <clears throat> excuse me, when I see a boar, run. <laughs> it's time to it's time to pull out the big guns. Yeah. <laughs> um. No joke. Lotralore, that's our.
3: That's the Grand Khan. Um, that's that's him. That's he's him. saying that it also looks like his sword needs repair. His that actually that hand symbol means that Barwin bravely stole that item. Yes, <laughs> Shank bravely stole this item. That's true. Sorry, I'm sorry, Shank the Dunmer. Stole this item. Um, if it needed repair, you would actually see like a uh, a, a red kind of uh, sphere-like orb thing cracked in half. But um, I think you you see that in uh, in Skyrim that that stolen symbol like it's it's like I've got a red something or other. I can't remember quite. A, yeah, it's a red again.
4: Wow. But
3: yeah, yeah. But um, dude, that is a nice bow. It's a silver bow,
0: and it looks like it's a silver sword. It's a silver sword. It's an excellent. I picked him up for a song off a thief. Very <laughs> fancy. <laughs> a thief I had killed. And uh,
3: to that note, if you guys are listening to the uh, the audio version of this, we we would love for you to join us live. Um, we got an awesome chat room, which I mean, engaged as always. I, I love I love the chat room.
0: Yeah, what's some <laughs> of the stuff the chat room saying right now, if uh, if anything at all?
2: Uh, blaming me a lot. Hmm.
0: <laughs> Probably for, for things that deserve blaming.
2: Yeah, but, you know, if, if, if um, they were switched on, they would go and do it over on our forums at a chance to win in Age of Empires 2 HD, which we're giving away to the best I Blame Moriku <laughs> for over at QuestGamingCommunity.com.
0: I think, uh, I think, I think Joanna may have you, uh, that cinched up.
2: She definitely put some thought into it.
0: Dead.
3: Hey, um, so, so, so far, wait. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Super, go ahead.
4: Oh, I was just gonna say, um, Sky King 18 in the chat says, I started yep. playing Elder Scrolls with Skyrim, and I have a hard time playing Oblivion. Does anyone else have this problem? And I think that kind of segues into a discussion topic that, uh, we wanted to bring up tonight, that, uh, you can check out on the Elder Scrolls forums, is it worth it is it worth coming back to Oblivion? Uh, This was originally posted by Jeffers and it says I got into TES via Morrowind and played it a lot, finishing the main quest a number of times with various different characters then Oblivion came along, I got it of course and played it a fair bit, however I just couldn't get into it like I had with Morrowind and I haven't even finished a a full playthrough yet after that came Skyrim. I've played that lots and in the main enjoyed it, although it does admittedly have some weaknesses and shortcomings. Now I'm thinking it might be time to have another crack at Oblivion. It's well established and patched now with a healthy modding community, so I thought I'd see what the TES community thinks of Oblivion these days. It seems to still have a healthy following, so what do you reckon? Should I have another
0: go at it? Yeah, I love this question. Because it's it's so it's so applicable to to not not just this this case that he brings up, but to every every Elder Scrolls game, and it, it's going to end up being a timeless question. You know, should we go back to after Elder Scrolls Seven comes out? We're going to be saying, should we go back to Skyrim after all the things that have changed and the technology? And you know, uh, right now, should we go back to Arena and Daggerfall with with the? Um Anthology. With the anthology, thank you. Uh, that has that had come out. Should we go back to Oblivion? I, if I if I'm going to start uh, maybe answering the question, I would I would like to start answering the question by simply saying that my first Elder Scrolls game was actually Skyrim. Well, it was actually Oblivion. Fine, I'll cut it off there. It was—it was—it was actually Morrowind, but I played it for maybe like five minutes. <laughs> 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 um, but it, it really, I fell in love with the series because of Skyrim, and I had played—I played Skyrim, and then as a result of enjoying Skyrim so much, I wanted more of that Elder Scrolls feel. I wanted to check out the rest of the games. So for for this gentleman who has seen and experienced Morrowind and loved that game, and then experienced and loved Skyrim, which, by the way, I think is a rare thing. I think if you love Morrowind, and then you you inherently find issue with Skyrim because people tend to think that it's a much more watered-down Elder Scrolls game. That's just, from my experience on talking to people on the forums, that a lot of people who love Morrowind feel that Skyrim is kind of watered down by comparison. And I, I can understand why they would feel that way. Um, but... To go from... To, to love both of those games, I think the person is is definitely selling themselves a bit short uh, by not playing Oblivion. Because I think it's it's a fantastic game. Yeah. What do you guys think?
4: Uh, well, for me, uh, Skyrim... Scar- Oblivion was my first entry into the series and I started playing it because of the uh, Skyrim announcement trailer. I enjoyed it. I played a lot of the side quests. I think I completed the uh, Dark Brotherhood and the Thieves Guild and maybe the Fighters Guild at the time. And then Skyrim had come out and I just got caught up in that, never really went back to Oblivion and finished that playthrough. Um, but I think after playing Skyrim and for after playing Oblivion for as long as I did, I'm just sold on the universe as a whole, so I'll go back and play Morrowind. I'll finish Oblivion. I'm definitely going to try out Daggerfall just because I think I'll enjoy it because the controls are so similar. I can deal with the dated graphics. I just want to see more of the lore and more of the backstory to the game because I, I really am enjoying it.
0: What about you, Maury?
1: Uh... I,
2: yeah, you got. I think you've got to go backwards. I think going backwards can help you go forwards as well. Um,
0: I've sort yeah. of found that to be true. I think I think you're hitting on on a topic there, on a point that I think is extremely. Necessary, or not necessary, but extremely important to remember, is is that these games have not just tremendous lore history, but tremendous actual history. The series has been around for twenty years. What twenty years ago? What did this series look like? And why is that important? Because if you if you're going to make the series uh, withstand the test of time. You got to know where where you've been if you're going to go someplace just as as fantastic. So yeah, I think you're right more. I think you got to know a little bit of where they've come from.
2: Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, you get you get games like Call of Duty, which is a new one every year and, and things and it never really changes. But if you look at the difference between Skyrim and Morrowind and, and all this you know that there are kind of big changes, but as I was talking about earlier, that there is like a truth in all the games that keeps it Elder Scrolls, um, and that's a good thing. And I think you know it. People say Skyrim's a little bit watered down, and maybe they're right. So go back and see if you can get. That that feeling that you want from one of the older games, and just deal with the quotes out, you know, outdated graphics or clunky combat and things like that, and just go and enjoy it. You know, like like watching a a classic film or something like that. I'm sure we've all got films that we like watching that aren't the greatest blockbusters of of today. So definitely go and give it a go and um, try and enjoy it and try and keep it with an open mind and, and like a pure heart of loving Elder Scrolls and give it a, a, a solid try, I think. Definitely worth it.
0: Yeah, I don't really think that you can you can go wrong given the older games a, a, a good look, a good honest try. What about you, Shank? You're obviously the you know, the expert here when it comes to Morrowind.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I meant
3: Oblivion. Um, I was going to say, like, I don't know how... I don't think I'm
0: qualified to answer this question, um, but I... Well, how are you not qualified? I mean, you've done you've done exactly this. You you loved Oblivion. Skyrim came out. The first day Skyrim came out, you, you spent over eight hours in-game, didn't get sleep, and, and as a result... <sighs> you were exhausted for work the next day came back home and played the game for hours on end you loved skyrim adored it and still then still do right and then something odd happened you went back to oblivion as the main elder scrolls game your your main go to elder scrolls game
3: and i i think one of the reasons i did that was because i was um i had played skyrim for, for you, you know for, for for so long um that I, when i went back to oblivion it, it felt as if i had played the it was it was as if i was playing the game for the first time like kind of like shaking hands with an old friend that you hadn't seen in years and years and years um you know i mean like uh, yes this is this is my this is the fa- my favorite game that i've ever played skyrim is a uh, is my the second my the second best game i've ever played um so i mean obviously i i am quite biased towards oblivion but i also recognize the fact that um and i think if Arwen, you were sort of hinting at this earlier is that and i've seen this on uh, various polls on the the ver- uh, you know various uh, elder scrolls forums and whatnot but Oblivion is actually the, you know, if there's a poll, like, what's your favorite game? Oblivion is, like, near the bottom, if not last. And people really, really, really love Morrowind. Yeah.
1: Um,
3: and, you know, they think it's, like, a standout game, which I'm, I'm sure it is. Um, I, I have no doubt that it's, it's like, a phenomenal game because the, the jump from Daggerfall to Morrowind must have been, like, oh, my goodness. Like, what what is this? This is crazy, you know? Um, it's huge. So... I think think it's fair to say that Oblivion is not one of the popular games among the Elder Scrolls uh, community. But because this was my first entry into the series, it always holds an incredibly special place into my heart. Because before this game, I had never experienced something like this in my life. I had never experienced such freedom like this in a game. And I think with each game... Each successive game, you're you're given more and more choice. Um, you know they keep giving you slowly. They keep giving you slowly a little bit more choice here, a little bit more choice there. But I think the, the the core of the series remains true while they keep expanding the choice and the freedoms that they're allowing. You know, from Oblivion to Skyrim, you no longer have to pick your skills. You can you can literally do whatever you want. You know, mm. um, and I, I I think me personally, I know that. I, I really want to try more Oblivion, which is a mod, um, which is basically Morrowind running off of uh, Oblivion's engine. And I really, you know, something like that, that's a great reason to go back and try the older games. If, if you haven't played them, or even if you have played them, and you kind of, you know, like this gentleman, grew up with uh, Morrowind, uh, uh, you know, played Oblivion, didn't really take to it that much, and played Skyrim and loved it. You know, maybe you could try uh, Sky Oblivion, which is a mod that's coming out. And, you know, who knows? Maybe mods can inject new life into a game. I, I know it did for me. Um, so that that's a, that's a whole other reason to go back and try because that will fundamentally change your experience and make you look at the game and play the game in a slightly different way than you had originally. So. I think specifically, should you go back to Oblivion? I think, uh, you know, sure, why not? I would. I, if there was something specifically you didn't really like about it, I would check to see if there's a mod out there that can help you, that can help change the experience or enhance your experience. Um, and, and I guarantee, if there is, you'll have a you'll ha- you'll you'll like the game a little bit more. Um, but you know, in the end, I think it just comes down to what 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 kind of playstyle do you have? What kind of things do you expect from your uh from like for example from Morrowind and Skyrim and if there's something that you just couldn't quite grasp, then in the end it might not be for you. But I, I would suggest, you know, trying all avenues um first, like for like like the mods and stuff before um you know not deciding to come back. Uh because you know to your credit you did play the game. You you actually did play the game. So. Yeah.
0: What what was it about Oblivion that he he had disliked? It should be in his. Uh, I think he makes mention of that in the post.
3: Uh, I'm not sure. Let me bring it up real quick. I think okay. this was here and. Was this this?
4: He, was just, in, go he ahead. just states he couldn't uh, get into it like he had in Morrowind. Okay, well, and he hadn't finished a full playthrough. You know, to, in his defense,
0: I'll say that Morrowind is very different when it comes to. You know, it's just very different than than Oblivion. Um, when you play Morrowind, you know, you feel like you have to. It's, you feel like honestly, you're playing through a book. That's what I feel like <laughs> when I play Morrowind. That I'm playing through a book, you have to read everything presented to you, including just like random books that you find inside of dungeons. You got to read that stuff because if you don't, you're probably going to miss a secret that will help you get through the the end of that dungeon. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. actually. I think that's kind of cool. It's fantastic. I love it for what it is. I love it. And, you know, I was actually, uh, you know, John was asking me earlier today, you know, what are we, what are we playing tonight for, for CES? And I said, uh, you know, I'm not sure if it's going to be Morrowind or Oblivion. And I really wanted to stream some, some Morrowind. But the reason why I ultimately cho- chose Oblivion is is because um, I've been playing this, this Dark Brotherhood playthrough for a while. I sort of want to, like, have the audience get a chance to see the end of it. Otherwise, I would have started up a new character in Morrowind because I'm sort of getting the pace and the feel for it. And I I really love it. And I understand why people say I like Morrowind and not Oblivion. Or when I went to Oblivion after Morrowind, it felt watered down. I get it. I totally get it.
4: Oh, yeah, it has a lot of... A uh, lot... Harder mechanics. And... You know, it's not as simplified or streamlined, right? I think you could so say that though. There's a lot more management, right? I, I think you can say that to the that to
3: the series overall. Like from title to title, there are things that are added, removed, streamlined. So it might seem like one like as the series progresses, it gets it gets perceivably like easier with each successive title to kind of go through. Um. Uh, but uh, I mean, I, I think that might just be because you know, as a developer studio, you're you're constantly tinkering and experimenting and throwing out what works or throwing out what doesn't work and like adding stuff that does work oh, sure. or just simplifying stuff. You know, so I think that that might speak to the iterative process. But I mean, yeah, it, it, I think it just kind of like makes sense to uh, if if because I I've heard the same argument, man, that. uh I have a friend back home who loves, 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 loves Morrowind and didn't really... In fact, I wonder if he wrote this post, but and he didn't really take the <laughs> Oblivion that much. Um, and he, he does like Skyrim, but he didn't really take to Oblivion. And he was... You know, he said the same thing. He was like, man, like, Morrowind, you had, like, this cool, like, sort of... You the landscape was, like, very different. You had... All these different things. It was a much harder game, and Oblivion is kind of watered down. So he was kind of making these sort of similar arguments, and I and I can see that if depending on where you entered the Elder Scrolls series, that has a complete that completely one hundred percent influences how you perceive the successive games and the previous games. For without
0: without a doubt, without a doubt, I would I would definitely say that is one hundred percent true. That said, I will also have to say you have to be the kind of person where you're open and willing to accept how the game is going to play when you go backwards. So to, you know, again, part of this question is is Oblivion worth worth revisiting? Yes, but only if you think you can keep an open mind in accepting how Oblivion approaches Elder Scrolls, how it approaches your uh, inter- interacting with Tamriel. If you keep an open mind, then you should be okay. If you don't, yeah, I mean, go ahead, go ahead, Maury.
2: Let's like say, yeah, if you go, if you go in, you know, if it goes in with the thought of, well, I've tried it a couple of times and I never really liked it. Mm-hmm. Chances are you're going to come to the same conclusion, really, because. That it's like it's trained into you that that's that's your your foot your knee-jerk response to it, is, oh, I don't like it. yeah the first the first thing that kind of niggles you, you're gonna think yeah it's, it's just the same old rubbish i'm not gonna play it anymore you definitely got to be open-minded with going backwards like it's like when i, when I got my anthology and i like oh, i'll try arena you know i'll try arena it's the first one i'll give it a go and I—I'll be honest. I'd, I didn't really give it the chance um, because it—it it, it just like oh no, I, c- I can't be doing with that. But uh, I probably will go back to it, and I'll probably give it more of a chance. Not you know, like, as in setting it up differently and trying to get it so it is playable for me.
3: And you know what? Uh, I—that's—that's I, uh, that's something that. Um, I mean, I'll be the first person to admit that that's I, I have. I am guilty of that because, you know, in Oblivion, you're you're used to. I mean, we're seeing varwin doing it right now on the stream. I mean, he he's he's killing stuff. He's actively blocking. He's actively pulling out his bow. He's actively striking, and it's 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 all very like dynamic combat. And one of the things that when you talk about like older mechanics of the games and what have you, that was one of the things. Actually, that's that's literally the only thing. Um, that I personally didn't take to in Morrowind was the was the uh, the, the dice roll sort of type of combat. And uh, Ivar, when I w- I'm wondering how how did you get past that? Because that's literally the only thing that I'm hesitant about. Because I really do want to explore the world. It looks gorgeous. I don't even care. I mean, yeah, it's 2002. It came out in 2002. But guess what? It still looks damn good. Um, and I just want to explore. That world because it's it's different from Skyrim and it's different from uh, fr- from Oblivion and I kind of want to explore it, but for me personally I'm just kind of hesitant 100% only because of just the combat everything else I'm fine with, so I'm wondering how how if you uh, how did you uh, kind of, um, I accepted it. Was there any, like,
0: I mean, I guess, like, it's still jarring it, like,
3: some sort of learning curve or something like no, that? I'm that still, yeah, I'm
0: still going through that learning curve. It's still jarring. It's it's still difficult for me to, to get through. But basically what I, I do is I just simply say, okay, here we go. Here's another fight. Let's make sure that I have potions on me. After the fight, i got to hit my, my T button and rest until I'm fully healed. And then I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to hit the F5 button and, and, and save. It's save. a particularly <laughs> difficult fight. <laughs> And this is, this is how you play Elder Scrolls back in 2000, what, 2003,
1: 2002.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, and you're going to laugh, but, you know, I, I've taken to Shadow Key. I told John earlier today that <laughs> it was difficult for me to, you know, it's, I, I can't put the, my, my stupid Nokia engage down because I like Shadow Key. I'm enjoying it. And it's an action Elder Scrolls game. There is no exploring in that game whatsoever. None. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, no. (laughs) So you you can't bravely run away? Oh, yeah, you can bravely run away. Oh, okay, that's good.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, Varwin we know is playing Oblivion, uh, jumping into some Warwin, but, I mean, the rest of us here, are there any past games that you're going to say, maybe you can say right now, I'm going to go back and play this? What would Uh it be right now? For me,
3: right now, I really, really do well because I, I bought Morrowind on Steam, so I do have this game. I bought it when it was like five dollars on the Steam sales. Go Steam sales!
1: Yeah,
3: uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I really, really, really do want to go back and play Morrowind. Um, I know this mod, More Oblivion, exists because I have attempted twice to play Morrowind, and the, the combat was something that was. That that I found difficult uh, both times, and I really want to try this mod, More Oblivion, which uh, Bradford, if you're still in the chat room, help me install it. Um, I I really, really, really do want to go back and install it and try it out again and see see how it feels, Um, because that's the game that arguably made this like a launched this into like a huge like epic franchise um, that it in like you know the modern years. Um so i I really do want to kind of go back and try it out uh, again
2: yeah me um some people may have seen from uh Twitter um the constant um updates of saying quest games going live, playing oblivion that's me um trying <laughs> to go backwards uh to uh, not great success at least on the stream uh last sunday i think it was i made my first attempt at it i played for an hour and a half thinking i was streaming turned out it had disconnected after five minutes and um, <laughs> twitch hadn't updated me because it was still running on my x split and uh yeah i was playing an hour and a half talking to myself playing oblivion <laughs> so, so i, so I that have was a question for you. i have a
3: question for you man um, okay. So, is this the first time you've played Oblivion? Yes. Um. Okay. Cool. Do you mind if I watch some of your streams? Like whenever you're going live, I would love to just see, like, your first your first few hours of Cyrodiil, if you
2: will. You're more than welcome. Everyone's more than welcome to jump in. I can, I think Minerval finally fixed it today, so I can stream it. Yeah, it looked
0: it looked like it looked like we were our test was was very uh successful. That's
3: excellent.
2: Yes. Yeah. So yes, it was it was very bad. I mean, I think I had it running at something like 15 frames and 480p and it was still dropping frames. Um so I just had to screen region it rather than have oblivion as the uh, right right choice. right so yeah, it was very, it was very frustrating. Uh, well, hey man, and, yeah, I was go gonna say it.
3: if you if you uh, if you have any questions on it, any time, um, I will be more than happy to answer them for you or help you out in general. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I right that way. I, I, I know that uh, when I first played it, I had never played a game as deep as this in terms of skill system, in terms of you know all the different things that are on hand with you, and I I know I was very overwhelmed. Um, so if you need any advice, like I will be glad to help you through Cause I, I know how frustrating and, um, overwhelming it can be
4: at times. Well, so I have, have a great, great idea. Of... Oh, sorry. No, that's for it. Oh, I have a great idea for a, uh, a YouTube guide. Shank, you should do the, how to navigate the oblivion persuasion pie
2: game. <laughs> Uh-huh. Aha. <laughs> we would get we would get a thousand views. Oh, that's thing. that's uh, very strange.
3: <laughs> who do who was I teach was
4: Ivar when I was trying to teach how to do this? Yeah, you taught someone it does exist uh, in one of our <laughs> videos, but yeah. I want I want just Shank going, Alright everybody, <laughs> this is how to do this stupid, <laughs> incomprehensible mini game.
3: <laughs> Here's how to do it. Hey man, I love it. I think it's cool. <laughs> I'm probably Pizza. one of three people who like it though.
4: So. I like it now that I understand it. Now that I was able to watch that and and you broke it down, I was like, oh, okay. Now it makes sense. Because before I was just clicking stuff.
2: <laughs> I was I was the same today. I was like, okay, I've got this one open. I'll press that one. Oh, she didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, it got it got to a point where I was trying to buy repair hammers and she wanted 17 gold each. <laughs> Well like you guys have said you uh Maury, you're going
4: back and playing Oblivion. Shank really yeah. wants to play Morrowind. I think I'm gonna go back into Morrowind and I was playing a little today. And the barter system in that is not maybe I'm just bad at persuading people because somehow <laughs> the merchant, you're kill in, French, John, you're not that bad. I know, but somehow a merchant in Morrowind has swindled me of my pants. And <laughs> Wow <laughs> And then I upset him when I was trying to persuade him to lower the price of said pants, and now he won't do any business with me.
2: Wait, 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 wait. So I can't get my pants back.
4: Hold on a
3: second. Hold on a second. (laughs) How how did he swindle you of your pants?
4: Like, how does that even happen? (laughs) See, I wanted to buy these other pants, (laughs) but they were expensive. It always happens. (laughs) Maybe he'll take my crappy pants. And I took him off and gave him to him, and he was like, "I'm not giving you anything for him, but I exited the screen without getting my pants back, <laughs> and then tried to lower the price of the other pants and It turns out he doesn't like being admired, taunted, or intimidated. you know
3: what you know what you should do oh dear you should you should kill him and then steal the inventory off of his corpse. reroll the
4: character." <laughs> See, what then happened was I looked over at a table and happened to see a pair of, I think it was normal pants. So I took my the normal pants, mm-hmm. at which point everyone got upset because apparently I stole
2: them when I was just li- lifting them up to see if they were my size. No. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, SoC Hobbit says, no pants, average day in QGN. <laughs> I, was, I
3: was just about to say that. That is like, why, why, why? Right. We seem to have a problem, like... With pants. With pants on this, in this network.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's I'm not just, wearing any pants right now.
0: We That's know. the thing. Like,
3: Maury's not wearing pants right now. Dave and I don't wear pants on Elder Scrolls off the record. If Arwen didn't
0: have pants in Daggerfall. I'm wearing my
1: oh, pants around so my head funny. right
0: now.
2: <laughs> I'll have to say something that I am wearing right now, if I may. Mm. And that is the Elemental Imperial Frostbite Hoodie. Which I received today, which was my Christmas present. Oh. I'm, going put it, I'm going to put it in chat, and um, you can see, you can have a look at this bad boy. Does it have it any is enchantments? So fun?
0: cool! Yeah, enchant of enchantment of awesomeness.
2: It is amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's so warm and cozy, epic. and it's got the little Skyrim imperial dragon. It is. Oh, you quite people that live sexy. in cold places. Yes. So I'm sat now without my pants on in a sleeping bag, wearing my imperial hoodie, talking Dude. to you
0: guys. That looks sick, man. It is. I wish you were joking.
2: Yeah, I do too. too. Yeah,
3: I don't. <laughs> I don't.
2: It, it's it's badass, and i would just like to say thank you very much to my brother for buying me for that Christmas.
3: Dude, I, I want this.
4: I yeah. want one, too. Avarwin?
3: Yes. I would I would literally... But see, this would be bad, because I would wear it into work, and I would immediately start casting, like, Frost everywhere, or trying to, and then I would get fired.
2: You see, I think we should possibly have it as a QGN um, uniform, and Avarwin uh, <laughs> should pay for it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh. It would be a tax write-off,
2: right?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe. No, yeah, it's a uniform. Th- yeah, it would be a tax write-off, actually. Uh, uh. Uh, uh, Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. No, but
3: okay. (laughs) Uh, I I know we're on a lag here, but I would just like to say, Varwin, you have, like, no arrows. Yeah, I know.
2: (laughs) No arrows. No lockpicks. No lockpicks. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing.
3: Oh, but hey, you can level up if you can find a safe place to sleep in this vampire den. Isn't that great?
0: (laughs) It's... Nice to know that.
4: You are trying to contract a disease.
0: I did actually, but the first vampire I I contracted uh Vamp- vampirus STDs.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> because Darwin's that amazing that he got cu- he got turned into a vampire and then cured himself directly after. Yeah. Even though he was trying to become a vampire. Such an uh.
3: idiot. It's it's like almost it the game is almost just like trolling you when you're trying to fight this vampire and it's like you leveled up you should rest and meditate on what you've
0: learned yeah it's yeah. like thanks I'm like in this battle right now thanks game <laughs> incidentally though like I totally own that guy that took a lot of skill to to get through I don't know if anyone like saw the skill but it was there no was I
4: saw the skill. vampire
0: oh my God look at that bow pretty nice, right? 488 septums. And here we go. We quick save after a fight like that. The That's Barwin's bad. learned. Look at that. Yay. It only <laughs> took me 400 hours. <laughs> Yay.
2: <laughs> I wearing blue shoes. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Am I? Well, we'll call it that.
3: Uh, so so uh, the Grand Con, uh, Mr. Bradford, in chat is saying, I just want to point out I am for the QGN Skyrim hoodie.
2: Yay. <laughs> <laughs> if Bradford likes it. It's got to be he is one. the grand con. Man. He is
0: he is the grand con. He is the grand con. So what I'll do is I'll I'll buy one for myself and then just expect you guys to get it. Huh.
4: <laughs> oh, so it's it's one of those at your own expense uniforms. Might have to be one of
0: those, yeah. Ah. I'll tell you that I'll tell you that we'll stipend your your pay and then not actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> like a like a proper like a proper uh company. As as you should. Right.
2: And also what is a proper company is uh com. and um if you're on our twitch page you see that we've got a little link and if you go and buy some stuff on amazon we would love you to click our link first and uh you know kind of help support the network if you feel a bit iffy about donating money you know if you're going to buy something from amazon just uh give us a heads up and uh Make us some money so we can carry on producing great content and uh, hopefully produce more. And uh, you know we can finally get Shanker haircut
1: <laughs> haircut.
0: Dude, you say that, but you should have seen me in college. Now, now, where, where is, uh, where is this, this link? You said it was on our Twitch page, right? Yep, yep, yep.
2: right okay. below the stream. stream under, the right below the stream, underneath the tweet video.
0: Help! Help! Feed a a uh, naked QGN podcaster from the from the waist down. Please buy us pants and shop with that <laughs> link on Amazon, folks. Yeah.
2: This uh, pants are appreciated.
0: Pants are appreciated. Uh, uh, a helpless man named named John, who who was once Stop clothed clothed from from the waist down, no longer. He was his his pants were stolen by a, just a a terrible terrible NPC in Marwood all oh, that shameful NPC who just steals pants.
4: <laughs> he's a horrible purveyor of
0: goods. That's
4: I've right.
3: reported him to the Better Business L- Bureau. Let's just assume he's an Argonian.
4: <laughs> he was a Dunmer.
0: No, he was an Argonian.
4: You can you can help
0: you can help a man like this today by simply quick clicking on that that link in our Twitch page. Buying something off of Amazon.com, whatever you like, it doesn't matter. It it doesn't take much. If you can buy a coffee, you can you can buy Johnson pants.
2: <laughs> 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 what what they could do is they could buy some coi- some kind of audio player and then click on our Audible.com um, link. Oh, we are just throwing get a ball out today. And aren't go we? get a free um. A free audio book. Free, free if audiobook. you sign up to the trial and then go over to tweakedaudio.com, buy some earbuds <laughs> to listen to that audiobook that you got from Audible. Right. That you're playing on your new MP3 player, which you got from Amazon on our link, yeah. and you'll you'll make us a very happy network.
0: Yeah, and then you and then all of us can wear pants, not just John. Yes. <laughs>
3: yes. Yay! Yeah. Pants for all. Pants for all. I don't. I don't know if I want
4: pants. Thank you. You can have shorts then. Shank would like a. <laughs> a kill
0: <laughs> he would like a kill thank you to audibletrial.com forward slash Network. thank you to tweakedaudio.com and, and thank you for shopping with our link over at amazon.com
4: <laughs> so uh, seeing you rummage about these dungeons has inspired me to bring up the one of the tweets you wanted us to talk about tonight
0: John you're fantastic with the segues today by the way I know way.
4: I'm, doing, I'm doing a great job you really are
2: Wait, isn't sweet. the Segway one of those little things that you drive around on? Yep. But felt
1: differently. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, hey, just checking. <laughs> nope, you're good. So this is from uh,
4: at Justin Shinohara. How much of an impact does Incidental World Dressing make on the game for you? Oh. Oh, Shank is frothing at the mouth.
0: Good, because maybe he can explain to us what Incidental World Dressing means. <laughs>
3: It's when the world is wearing pants.
2: <laughs> oh, we, we, we've got no, no knowledge Sorry, of that. We that don't happened. enjoy it. We never have pants.
3: <laughs> um, I think, for, first of all, Varwin, I think you you should probably find some place to sleep and like save or something. But-
0: <laughs> I, I'm I'm attempting to, but I'm also I, I I also don't want to fast travel. I'm in the middle of nowhere right now. Although Cavatch is <laughs> to myself and a whole fat lot of good kavaches right now. This is literally like the worst case. This is not ideal for a
3: right
0: now. Nah. Levelled up, nowhere to sleep. Nowhere to sleep. Nowhere to go. <laughs> Buy me a sleeping bag on amazon.com using our link.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Buy a Varwin a passport to kavach on amazon.com. Um was oh, I think of incidental world dressing um I think um what uh he was uh referring to is stuff like uh just kind of extraneous stuff in the landscape for example i mean if arwen's in the colovian highlands right now and we're seeing like random trees dotting the landscape you can see you know various boulders dotting the lake it's literally just kind of like the 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 uh the the final touches like the 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 random stuff that's in the world and also like Okay, he's fighting an imp. The enemy just kind of popped up. So stuff like that. I think that's that's my assumption as to what incidental world dressing is. I think as far as how it influences you, um, is it influence your play style? Is that what the question is, Supa?
4: John? It's what kind of impact does it make on the game for you?
3: Yeah, so I, I think it's I think it's everything to be perfectly honest with you. I, I I think that has I would argue that it has the greatest impact um for me personally just because of the way I play. And I think it's it's because it it completely influences for example, okay, well will I actually walk there or will I try and find a better method to get to this location. What do I need to worry about when I go into this area? Do I need to change my weapons? Do I need to change my armor even, perhaps? What kind of potions do I need? I think it it has everything to do with the way you play. And I think it completely changes the tone as well. And, you know, let's not forget that every game um, except for, uh, in, in the numbered series, except for Arena, is named for a location. Now, Bethesda d- didn't do that by accident, you know? I mean, like, the games are named after the province in which they take place. Um, so, you know, the world is the main character in that sense. And I think because of that, these these kind of random uh, things that are dotting the landscape as you travel through it have a huge impact on, on the game. And, yeah, I would argue that it, has, it completely influences how you approach any given situation uh, when you play these different games. i uh, curious to see what the rest of you guys think.
4: Go ahead, John. What do you think? Well, um, I think uh, I definitely have to agree with you, Shank. Um, the incidental uh, world dressing, or uh, the clutter
1: that That's you find word. around yeah. the game. Yeah,
0: I like that. Let's use that from now on. Incidental word dre- world, world dressing from now on and the rest of this podcast will now be known as clutter, in quotes. Thank you.
4: You're So all the clutter really sets the tone of, one, where you're at and the kind of culture you're in. Like, you're playing Oblivion on stream for us, and you don't see all the furs that you see laying around in Skyrim. And you don't see all the camping equipment and stuff laying about like you would in Skyrim. So I think it's very interesting that the little things, the little details set... The story and the setting up in such a way that really make these games impressive and make you feel like you can kind of get the culture and you have a deeper understanding of what what's going on in that province that you're playing throughout that time
3: completely agree i mean i'm glad you hit on the culture because i think that is important because each of these Areas have, you know, each of these provinces have different cultures. Uh, Cyrodiil is unique in the fact that it's kind of like a melting pot of all the different, because it's the capital province. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you make a good point with the culture because that, it, it does, you know, that helps to really sell the tone and the setting that you're in. So, yeah, I completely agree.
4: Right, and while it is a melting pot, like a very um, imperial dominance, so there's you a do. lot of pro-imperial yep. stuff around in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Skyrim, you have the, you know, the Nords and that culture, and then Morrowind, you have the Mer and uh, Vardenfell and the culture there, and it's they're completely different because of the clutter and the little details in those games. It's mm-hmm.
0: uh, yeah, like the devil's in the details, and when you when you have when you have a, a, an open ex- uh, world that you're expected to explore and not just you know run through quest by quest, the more details you put in that world, the more alive it feels, which has always been the strength of the Elder Scrolls series. So I think you know to the to the question of you know does does the clutter how does the uh, the clutter impact you or does you know does it impact? I think it has one of the biggest impacts in the game, just like the class system is extremely important in the game and, and impacts your gameplay and, and the combat and how that feels. Uh, and if it's weighty enough, and does that impact the game? And sure, of course it does. And so does, believe it or not, the clutter.
3: And, uh, Ivarwin, there's something that you said that I want to hit on real quick. You said the devil's in the details. Mm. I have never seen or played a game that has as much quote-unquote clutter and all the infinitesimally small details as Skyrim has. There is just so many details that I think it has even more so than Oblivion. Um, And it's one of the things that... You know, I mean, you go into the Falkreath region, you are completely convinced you're in a forest. You just stop for a second, you can hear the birds, you can even hear the trees creaking, you can see the individual branches swaying. These are the tiny little details that help you sell, and to that extent, like Skyrim... In my opinion, is the most detailed world that uh, I've ever had the pleasure of experiencing. So, I, I, I yeah, I, I have to say that you're right on that.
0: What about you, Maury? Uh,
2: you, you repeat the question. I've just been paying attention to the chat. Um.
0: Well, do you think um, the the clutter in the game does it have a uh, a large impact on the game for you that that you play in Elder Scrolls? Oh, uh. You know things definitely. like plates and whatnot being um, <coughs> being on tables. Yeah, I
2: mean it, it's definitely it's definitely important because it makes you feel like you're in a world. You know, while some minimal you know some games go for minimalistic and streamlined, I think having you know if you go into somebody's house in Sky in Skyrim or in Oblivion, you want to see that someone's living there. And food on the table, books, you know, and uh, housing chests and all that kind of stuff. It just makes it look like it's a home and like those people yeah. are living there. And that it feels lived in. Yeah, and they're, they're you know, the world of, of Elder Scrolls is lived in. And like one thing I've noticed with playing um, Oblivion, if you look in all the barrels and things like that, to me it seems like there is more diversity in what you can find in there than there even is in Skyrim. Now most of it's useless stuff, you know, and and stuff you're not gonna take, but to me it seems like there is more of it in in oblivion than there is in Skyrim. It's like quills and different shirts and trousers and, and just loads of just stuff that each individual item might not be important, but together it just gives you such a, a vivid picture of this amazing world that you live in, which is full of diversity and different races and different beliefs. And it's just, a, it, it just is a world, you know.
1: Yeah,
4: yeah. I think that's a really good way of putting it. Is that you know all this clutter helps make the game feel lived in. I think that's a that's an awesome point and. You couldn't agree more. By the
3: way, Ivarwin, I just wanna say uh, I am thoroughly impressed that you've just been like killing stuff and like fighting stuff. Um <laughs> because I would have turned around and ran like miles ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh shank, you know me, I stand my ground. <laughs> no, dude, that that's I mean, but that that's that that that's why I like watching you play these kind of games. Because you have such a different play style that it, it really... It, it's cool to see how, how you play it. Um, you know, I mean, because you, you really do. You have a, such a completely different style. So it's, it's just cool to see. I mean, it's the same game. It's the same Oblivion. But because I'm watching you play it, I'm having a completely different experience uh, uh, of this game through your play style. So I, I think it's kind of cool.
4: Okay. I
0: will... Was- so- Oh, go ahead, go ahead, John. Nope. Go ahead. Well, I was um, I was going through this moment earlier when we were we were talking about you know this discussion point, and I'm thinking there's this dungeon right here,
1: <gasps>
0: Fort Lynchel. or mm-hmm. uh, do I continue? Th- do I go there or do I continue on to Skingrad to level up? And I can't help myself; I have to dull- dive into the dungeon. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, r- real quick, uh, you're, I know you, I'm, we're on a bit of a lab, but we just saw you look at a chest, a certain chest An altar, that, looked, yeah. that looked very, very different. Um, yes. Now, if you're watching on the stream and you know what it is, you're probably like really, really giddy. These, those chests, those altars are spread few and far between throughout, um, throughout the game. hmm if I got you would it up like on
1: a live
0: stream right now.
3: If you would like to know what it does, I won't tell you what it does, but I will tell you how to figure out, like, if you want to experiment with it, I would suggest perhaps finding a grand soul gem and placing it in there when the Necromancer's moon is uh, a completely uh, a new moon, when the Necromancer's moon is out. And uh, that's for you to figure out what that means. Good luck. Um, I think you'll be satisfied with the outcome, especially if you're a um, mage character per se, or you have a certain enchantment on
0: certain one of your weapons. Yep, that's all I'll say. The Necromancer's Moon, Shank says. Well, it is classic Elder Scrolls Night. So, uh, why don't we why don't we do a quick search here in our uh, our browser? Necromancer's Moon.
3: And if you're in the chat room, please, no spoilers, because they're Elder probably Scrolls. People... Oh, I'm sorry.
0: I, I was just, you know, typing in Necromancer's Moon, <laughs> Elder Scrolls. <laughs> so uh, we got an unofficial Elder Scrolls page that popped up. Uh, it says find out about Black Soul Gems. All right. Looks like uh, Necromancer's Moon is a quest. So but what I'm interested in is what does the Necromancer's moon actually mean? Uh, there's also a book here that mentions Falcar. Um, mm-hmm. let's see. So Necromancer's moon. let's click on the book link.
3: I, I, I must apologize. I feel like you guys were trying to take the conversation somewhere I kind of derailed it a little bit.
0: I think this is this is kind of good though. A Necromancer's Moon watches over all of us. Uh, refers to the Revent. Also refers to the God of Worms. Watches over our order. All right. This looks like it's going to require a little bit more... Oh, yes. <laughs> a little more research than maybe we're able to do live on, on a show. And um, I'd hate to to go through that right now. Um, but yeah, so necromancer, when the necromancer's moon is up, you, you take a black soul gem and you put it in one of those altars is, is basically what you're saying, right, Shank?
3: You take a grand soul gem and you place it in one of those altars. Correct. Okay,
0: cool. Cool. We'll uh, take a look at this.
3: So that is uh for, for anybody that's listening or, or watching, um, that's uh, that is my random, not so weekly challenge, but, the bar founded. <laughs> I was like, "That's cool." <laughs>
1: <laughs> very That's cool. why
2: Shank's on here.
0: Exactly. That is why. That is why. Because he he's got tiny little pieces of of information like this that that I just love hearing about. Yeah. So, John, before I had cut you off very rudely before, um, and you gracefully gave the uh, the floor to me and my insanity. <laughs> 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 what uh, what. What did I interrupt what we were about to say?
4: Well, Shank was talking about, uh, you know, experiences, and I, I just wanted to see uh, what everyone's first race was when they played the game. <laughs> uh, what did you pick first? First Elder Scrolls game, you jumped in, you had this epic yarn given to you in the beginning, and then it says, Wait, who are you? And you picked.
0: Red Guard. In Oblivion, back in 2008, I believe, on my Xbox 360. Uh, The reason why I chose Red Guard was because I wanted to have a character that was going to be uh, naturally good at using a sword. And I read the caption that said that the Red Guards are perfect for that. So I chose the Red Guard.
2: Uh, For me, it was a Nord in Skyrim. That was my first ever Elder Scrolls character, and I made him with um, sword and board, because generally when I play RPGs, uh, if I don't really know much about him, I kind of like going the safe route. So a shield and sword gives me that kind of safety for me to explore uh, places. Um,
3: For me... It was actually a, a Dunmer in Oblivion. Um, and it's the reason I chose the Dunmer was, number one, uh, my buddy and I, when we were both playing it, we didn't know what was going on. That was the whole kind of, oh, you're overwhelmed with what's going on, <laughs> choice kind of thing. Oh, fail um,
0: not to Not to interrupt, I'm really sorry, Shank, but I promise you, you'll appreciate this. I shot this mage and landed a killing blow as she was running into another room and the door was closing. I, oh, shot, I just saw it. Yep. Shot it through a closing door. <laughs> I literally,
3: <laughs> I just saw that on the stream as you're saying it. That's pretty epic. I
0: <laughs> I can't even take credit for it. I didn't even plan it. So so it's. Well, hey, it's it's now in video. It's now in history. But it forever. happened, and I, I am a. I'm sorry for for it, for interrupting. No, no,
3: no, 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 guy. no worries. Um, so yeah, I, I chose a Dunmer because um, I didn't know what I was doing, and it, the the uh, the description of the race seemed, seemed like it was a pretty balanced race. And, and at this point, I didn't know really what uh, skills that I want, but I do remember I picked like hand to hand athletics, acrobatics, blade, blunt, alchemy. Like I picked skills that make no sense together because I had no idea what I was doing. But yeah, it was a uh, it was a Dunmer in Oblivion.
4: So uh, Hobbit in chat says he, uh, he first picked a Breton. Cashby says Dark Elf, Cosmic D, Wood Elf, uh, Osgand, Imperial in Morrowind on Xbox. And then he destroyed that character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, C- Corporasarium says uh, Dunmer. And uh, I went the uh, Dunmer route with uh, Corpus and uh, Shank here. I picked a Dunmer. And I made him into a marksman. And I really think the only reason I picked him is because the red eyes were kind of evilish. <laughs> and as of our windows, I have a thing for kind of like the dark side. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, John,
3: do you mind if I expand that question a little bit? Sure. So what is, what
2: is everyone's favorite race? <laughs> this would be quite boring because I think three of us are going to have the same answer.
0: Well, let's test that out. Maybe we don't. Okay. I, I would say my favorite race is the Nords.
2: All right. Mm-hmm. Maury? Uh, Bosmer.
3: John? Bosmer. And uh, I'd have to say Bosmer for myself. Now, I, I'm, I'm curious why 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 did we choose why is that our favorite races um if i have a guess but i'd like to hear it from you
0: they they are a very hardy race, and I look for hardiness uh when i make a character because no matter that's always it's always useful to have an a, a few extra hit points a little more uh, damage mitigation It's always, always helpful And I feel like with my favorite playstyle Which is certainly uh, Two-handed weapon and heavy armor Or a sword and a shield with heavy armor Nords sort of f- Flesh out The feeling of the character That I want to bring forward
3: That that makes perfect sense, man hmm.
4: Yeah and I feel that's kind of really why I prefer the Wood elf is kind of uh they're built for my playstyle really. Uh, I like being the archer uh the marksman. And then I also like running around crafting in the game and uh kind of when I'm playing there's a, s- a certain character I make and he's always foraging and hunting and skinning animals so he can craft and I get mods specifically so I have a need to go out and get and get those ingredients and stuff and and forage. So for me, it's it's a playstyle thing, and it helps me get a little more immersed in the game.
2: Uh, for me, it's not actually an Elder Scrolls reason. It's actually a massive man crush on Legolas from Lord of the Rings. I love the Wood Elves. I love the Mirkwood Elves uh, and like the Lorien Elves, and it's just. Wow, I love the elves. They're so awesome. I like if you watch the the Lord of the Rings films, especially Helm's Deep, when you see that army of elves uh, elves walking up into uh, Helm's Dyke and that to uh, to out Aragorn and all the men, and like they're in that really badass armor. I'm just a massive elf fan.
4: <laughs> so I mean, you're you're a huge elf fan, but why did you pick Bosmer over Dunmer and the Altmer? And even technically the orcs.
2: Well, yeah, I suppose it's because of um, like, like the like I say, um, like like a Legolas, and Legolas is a archer, you know, not a ranger, but is a is an archer, and uh, you know a dual wielding, and that's that to me fits perfectly in with Wood Elves over Altmer and um, Dunmer. Now, do any of you guys
4: purposely stay away from Altmer because of how they are in the story? Um, yes. Yeah,
2: me too. Nah, no. no, I like the Altmer. If I'm if make it, if going to make a mage, it, it, it will be an Altmer. Because they're better for it. And and I actually kind of side more with the elves. I like their thinking um, and stuff. I quite like the Thalmer as well. I think they're really good. I like them. They're a bit arrogant and that's a little bit like me. I'm quite arrogant and stuff. Not more. I don't know, know. I Don't know if anyone no, ever noticed. No. And uh, Bradford <laughs> in the chat,
4: in all caps, is saying Legolas is not a ranger.
2: I said he's not a ranger. I did say he's not a ranger. I said it's <laughs> like a.
4: You know what would be
3: awesome if somebody wrote a book based off of the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs>
1: so Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Poor Bradford.
3: (laughs) Oh, jeez. It's great to tease my boss. (laughs) So, I I mean, that's cool, man. I I, I like, I mean, it's it's interesting. I I just find these things kind of interesting as to, like, why people make the choices they do in these games. And... You can tell it's a very, very personal choice, and nobody just kind of makes it lightly. You know, like we've all thought about very specific reasons as to why we choose oh, yeah. the race, why we choose to play the way we do. I mean, it, it's a very, it's very, very personal, and I, I, I like hearing everyone's takes on it. It's really interesting. But uh, that was that was just my question to everybody.
0: I think that's what makes these these Elder Scrolls games. So much fun and so so engrossing for people is because you end up the choices that you make they end up becoming personal.
3: Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt,
4: man.
1: Yeah, and yeah, that's I why mean, it's so
4: much fun to get together and talk about it like we do because you know it, it's fun to hear everyone's side and how everyone approached the story and how everyone really adventured through this world because everyone did it differently or. And it had a different experience, so it's very interesting to hear what everyone has to say.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, you yeah. Know, there's a you you go through the games, and because every because you a lot of the choices that you make on on the character is very personal and very well thought out. Um, as a result of that, you experience the game in a way that you you really can't see not experiencing in in the same way. You, you kind of approach the game in, in one way and think like, well, it really is, it sort of feels like there's no other way to, to to play this game. And then when you watch a friend of yours play and play completely differently and in ways that you never thought about before, it makes it all the more uh, interesting.
2: One interjection.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Play le- Play Legendary Skyrim and try playing it as anything other than sneaky... Uh, stealth bow or weapon and you will get destroyed <laughs> <laughs> you you seriously if you try to go toe to toe in Skyrim on Legendary you you won't even be a stain on the floor
0: wow because they they'll kill you to the point where you're a stain on the floor and then they'll have someone come up and mop you up
2: the, the CIA Miami or whatever it's called with the with the DNA stuff, uh-huh. <laughs> they wouldn't even be able to get enough DNA to C- tell you more. Are you talking Wait. about the CSI? <laughs> that's the one. The
1: CSI. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know the CIA what's what's of, Miami. What's with that with, with
1: all, all the, the DNA? <laughs>
2: that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you, won't, you they would not even be able to notify you next of kin. <laughs> just going forward. Can
1: the Englishman not
2: comment on comment like U.S. police
4: departments and stuff. Go on, man. Uh, uh,
0: on, in his defense, who here can really say anything intelligible about about CSI Miami, CSI Miami, and and maybe even some some common British shows, you know? So. True. So. Brian Laurie. There we go. That's British. Brian Laurie. I'm. I'm you British. and
2: Laurie. Yeah. Place House.
0: Yeah. yeah, House. That's his name. House. Yeah, you lories. Oh dear! <laughs> <laughs> Made good use of that final arrow, huh? <laughs> if only you had more.
1: Yeah.
3: It's man. It's it's it is almost it's it's really engaging and it, it genuinely entertaining to watch Varwin play because he will literally you you can see him as he's going through his inventory. He's exhausting every single combat option. <laughs>
1: literally, like <laughs> he has one steel arrow. <laughs>
0: I got two actually. <laughs> two iron arrows left, and I'm gonna use them.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. That's one thing I was gonna say before I went on that tangent is that you know while I like playing as an archer and and things like that, if you go with this you know like toe to toe sword and shield up against Alduin, you feel you feel heroic when you do that. You know, it's okay sniping him from, you know, from all these places, but going toe-to-toe with a badass mother dragon. He's called the World Eater. I mean, you know, you've got balls the size of brass monkeys. So, all right, on that point, um, (laughs) we have
4: another discussion topic. Uh, This is kind of oriented at... Oblivion, but I mean, you can carry it over to the other games, uh, using the reference like you did, uh, when you go up against Alduin, you feel heroic, right? So, can an assassin truly play the hero role? Um, Mm. this is on the Elder Scrolls forums, and this is N. Jord, uh, was the original poster, and he's talking about Oblivion, and he says, I'm referring to doing the main quest, or another hero-themed questline, like Knights of the Nine. The hero volunteers to save the world, and Because he wholeheartedly cares. An anti-hero tries to save the world because he kind of cares. However, a cold-hearted person who remorselessly murders anyone as long as there's profit would only bother for two reasons. It's bad for business and because it means his or her own end as well. Of course that works for most people, but when I'm doing something heroic like saving the world, I usually like to play a character that does care about saving the world. Anyone else feel the same? Whoever asked this is—that is a ridiculously good question. Yeah, yeah. That was one that we got from the
0: the uh, Elder Scrolls, the official Elder Scrolls forums.
2: And yay Ye oh. sleep.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I, I Yeah,
3: I don't know if Arwen. I don't know if you can see. The, you probably can't see the chat room, but like they're like intermittently, they'll be like talking about what we're talking about, and then randomly, if Arwen sleep.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, it finally happened. I, I was finally able to. <laughs> Get a little rest and level up, and I got a level I, I, nine Shank right now. A level I nine badass thief named Shank.
2: Soc hobbits quoting Batman. I think.
0: Yeah.
3: I don't even know so, how to answer that question. That is such a complex
4: man.
0: Well, why don't why don't we hear the original question uh, or the
4: bare bones question one one more time? Okay, okay so, so, so bare bones trip it. Yeah. If you're playing as an assassin character, like. Uh, Someone that's played through the Dark Brotherhood, you know, you're, you're murder, murdering people for a profit. Can you become this hero uh, that takes on Alduin for the good of the world or that plays through the Knights of the Nine storyline in Oblivion? Now, I have a
3: question because he says, can you? Now, does that mean you the player or you the character? Because I think it completely changes the context of the question depending on what this person means by you.
4: Well, seeing he's saying can an assassin, I'm assuming he's referring to can the character. Can the assassin oh, type okay. of character.
3: So, can the character... If, if, if you're if from an assassin, so if you're like role-playing as like that assassin and you are this kind of, you know, prof, or, you know kill for uh, profit kind of character... I I don't know how that role would allow you to all of a sudden become like a hero type and be like, "You know what? I'm going to actually do the Knights of the Nine. I'm going to go on this epic quest and defeat Umarel Because you know, that's that's righteous. I want to restore honor to these guys. I I don't see how that character could do that. Um uh, man, that's, that's that's that is a really
0: good question, man. <laughs> it's a really good question. I have to say it, it it depends on. It really depends on what what sort of if you how how much wiggle room you want to add into your role playing. Yes, it really okay. depends on that. Um, the fact is is that when you when you have a character that is just so evil inherently, is there ever a way that you could get that character to to look out for the good of the people just just because. That's what I feel like doing? No. The answer is absolutely not. Now, are you able to walk the path of, of redemption? And in the Knights of the Nine quest, I, I I feel like maybe, yeah, that is that would be the case. You can definitely have a very believable assassin turn into a very believable hero simply because of that quest line. If you roleplay it the right way and think about certain things you do the right way. And, uh,
2: well,
4: I mean, I have to agree with Avarwin. I mean, I think it's all in how you want to role play the character, how you want that character to be. I mean, you know the character better than any of us would know or anyone on the forums will know. I mean, if you think that there is a moment in time in that game, if there's a quest that comes up and you all of a sudden feel like, hey, this is a road down a path of redemption, like Avarwin, um... Didn't you have a character in the earlier Skyrim playthroughs you had that did walk a redemption path? I think I remember hearing on Skyrim off yeah, the record.
0: I, I remember something like that, yeah. I did have something like that going on. And the day point.
4: I became a hero or something?
0: Ah, uh, yes, that was my... Yeah, my my original uh, Brego character, who was a thief, he was assassin, and because... He was the Dovahkiin as well. Something just sort of... After he went through being a thief and went through the Thieves' Quest chain and then decided to... Uh, he, he disliked the idea that he couldn't kill his target. Uh, he went to the Dark Brotherhood where he got as much of that in as he possibly could, and then at the very end of the Dark Brotherhood quest chain, once that finally ended for him, the very first dragon he ever encountered in his life popped up, and there was something in him that he just couldn't help, something as if it was written in his own DNA, obviously because he was a dragonborn and didn't know it, something uh, an uncontrollable desire to save the people of the town, from this dragon, and only from that dragon. Had it been anything else, had it been a marauder raid, he wouldn't have cared. But simply because it was a dragon, and he was unknowingly, to, unknowingly to himself, the dragon born, some spark of her- heroism ignited in him, and he ran out on his horse, charged after the dragon, and defeated the dragon. And after that one act of heroism and bravery, he decided to walk the path of a hero. That was that role-playing story I had in my head as I played that character.
4: So I think we can say yes. You can walk that redemption line if you want that to be
2: the story. See, what, what I was going to say is... Um, is an assassin a bad person? Because it's just a, you know it's just a job. At the end of the day, does, do, doing a job doesn't make you a bad person. You know, people who write parking tickets, they're not born evil. <laughs> no, it's just a job I mean, they end up at, and they end up going evil. But uh, just it, because you kill for profit is not a bad How like a bad
1: are person. you? No. Whoa. That's,
2: that's it, not... First of all,
0: killing for profit is not an assassin. You could be a political assassin where okay. you you kill because you're at war and... Your two countries are at war, and you have to, in order for the betterment of, of all lives to end the war, you assassinate a political leader that ends the war. That's that that's a, a, an act of assassination. You are an assassin after doing that, and therefore, you're a hero. But to kill for profit, you're not just an assassin. Maybe you are, but you're really a mercenary. And that's born out of the, the need to advance yourself... And only yourself. That's not born out of anything else. So that is inherently evil. To have a complete and blatant disregard for anyone and everything around you that's that's good on you know that is good and godly That's evil. So
4: yeah. Well do you, you feel know. a good person could join the Dark Brotherhood? Yes.
3: Yeah, I would have to agree, yeah. Huh? Well, because it's it's ultimately, I mean, think about it. It's ultimately the story that you want to write. Sure. So can a good person join the Dark Brother? Why not? It's your story. You're in complete, 100% control.
4: Yeah. Yes, you, you are until the quest line comes when it's go kill, or, or even just, hey, kill these three people. And even in having that conversation with those three people, you still can't decide... Who's really the worst out of them, and what have they done wrong, and why? who's the one with even the contract? It's the woman. It's always the woman. No, 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 no. The reason why we all kill the woman is because as soon as she opens her mouth, the immediate reaction is to put a bow in her head, uh, an arrow in her head, because her
2: voice is just so shrill. No way, dude. She's hot. What? Oh, no. She's old and she speaks if, if she doesn't
4: speak I'll, I'll leave her be but she tends to say something when i walk by and i'm holding a general election right now to vote kick super <laughs> <laughs> and i also always kill the cat because he's so arrogant yeah, yeah i do too actually
3: <laughs> but no i mean i i i i believe if if at that point when you wake up and you you're given a choice to kill these three people And since you're the one in charge of the story and you as the character still can't decide, you always have the choice to not kill any of them and to just kill what you perceive to be the evil person in the room, which is in fact Astrid. So you still do have that choice. And in fact, in that sense, you could have potentially redeemed the three people. And what happens after that? You go on a quest to destroy the Dark Brotherhood, so I do believe yes, because you always have a choice to opt out and change something. In killing, in killing the Dark story. Brotherhood,
2: though, aren't I'm you? Sorry? In killing the Dark Brotherhood, like if you kill Astrid, you you are sent to basically assassinate the assassins. So, is that a good act or is that a bad act? It's I, I,
3: again. I, I go back to it. Completely depends on what this. What's the story that you want to tell for your character? It, it complete because I. I don't think we can. I, I don't think like sort of general sort of rules apply here because it's It is. It is something very personal to you. You know, it's your story. Yeah. So how do you want your character to behave? If it's this way, and you do feel some sort of moral conflict when you're saying, "Oh man, well, aren't I just assassinating the assassins at this point?" That's completely up to you and how you want to tell your story. So that's that's kind of how I view it. But I don't know.
0: I think I yeah. think the point is is that when it comes to role playing, um, you you can find a, a good enough excuse to do anything in this game according to whatever morale code you follow, um, and and go with it. And so the, so the question is 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 something to the degree of um. How can a person still walk the path of righteousness and actually be, you know, how can you still be a hero if you're an assassin? I think it all depends on how creative you are, and I think it all depends on the circumstances involved. And I think that's also what's fantastic about Elder Scrolls games, is that you can figure that out for yourself, but it still works, and it makes for an even more interesting story. Complicated characters that are either inherently evil and become heroic, or are heroic and fall to evil are some of the stories that stick with us and are timeless.
2: So there's something here uh, uh, SOC Hobbit's put in, it assassinate the assassins, more like bring great justice to Skyrim and spirit into the void. Spit, uh, into spit, void yeah. spit into the void, yeah. To me, if you were going on the side of justice, you would arrest them and bring them to a justice, you know, like like, Justice, our, our... Like, this world kind of deals with it. It, it wouldn't be to kill them. So... I, I I would still say it is assassinating the assassins. Whereas Justice would be in prison. I mean, you've got the guy when you first enter Solitude. Who gets his head chopped off. Uh, who, you know, when, when apparently... Um, you know, it is let Ulfric out. That... I don't think that man has received justice as we would think of the terms justice. No, I don't either. And in fact, uh, on most characters I play, as soon as I
4: walk into solitude, I attempt to assassinate the executioner.
2: Yeah, then he uh, starts uh, to the architect. Architect.
4: Yeah, I know, but I still... <laughs> at least I saved them. <laughs> I tried.
3: <laughs> I think that's, that would be a cool mechanic, though, to add into future games. Like, not just, you know, doing ignoring it or killing but like have the option to you know actually like arrest them bring them back kind of stuff like that I think that'd be that'd be a cool addition to future games because I think that would mitigate a lot of the, uh, the moral qualms um, you're talking about here Maury um, if it's just straight up assassination or if it's justice or not I think that'd be kind of cool
2: yeah I mean to me this question it goes a lot deeper than just the game so maybe I've taken it to, a, to the wrong level but to me it's it's a it's a a much deeper question than can a can a, a character who who does bad things be a hero?
0: That's it's a very deep question. It's and uh, you know I
1: love it.
4: No, I do too, and I think uh, you know a lot of people enjoy the redemption story. So I think it's it's a real interesting thing.
0: Well, we're going strong here on uh, Classic Elder Scrolls Night, that's for sure. <laughs> I think we've had uh, each discussion topic was so far has just been, I think probably a better d- in in the discussion, probably better in the discussion than we expected when we chose the question for tonight.
2: Yeah,
4: <laughs> I really
0: think so. so.
2: Shane, he's made it awesome.
4: Yeah, Yeah, Shane
3: completely. Yeah. Okay, sure, I'm a hero. <laughs>
0: I agree. Well, you're I'm a total, gonna a total your hero. I, I was going to say I've M- been award.
3: told. <laughs> well, hey man, this is cool. I think, I think I'm think i just going to chalk it up to you guys chose excellent discussion topics. Um, how about that?
2: <laughs> Yay, Dude. let's all pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> all right. Woo. Go QGN. Go, go, go QGN. <laughs> I'm dancing yeah. with the pants so, on. Go, I mean, go, go QGN. Okay. <laughs> <the> again. <laughs> how, how are you doing in this dungeon? Apartment?
0: How am I doing? I'm doing actually really, really well. I've got I've got some pretty rough challenges uh, that I've been working through. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, I'm getting these guys. I'm 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 chopping them down bit by bit. I'm sort of outsmarting the UI and how these things are coded. I'm finding a way. <laughs>
3: with one by firing one arrow at a arrow at a
1: time
4: one. and
0: then <laughs> as he out.
2: finds one arrow at a time one <laughs> arrow wins. at a time <laughs> if it's dead it's a win
0: exactly that's that's how i operate it doesn't have to be pretty as long as it's dead it's a win
2: see i'm i'm slightly i'm starting to go off sfc hobbit it's but shank has made shank has been making it awesome despite morris attempt to dismantle it Hey, Mori. I I
4: quit. I give up. You brought this punishment on yourself. You're like, I have nothing against.
3: (laughs) I have nothing against Mori. Mori's awesome. He's the coolest East Midlander I know. The only person I don't like is Dave. (laughs) (laughs) There
1: you go. I think everyone
3: knows about our mutual hatred, though, so it's cool.
4: Something else I happen to know. Shank doesn't like his uh mysticism, but would you like to see it in the next Elder Scrolls Incarnation Shank?
3: Um Well, here here's the thing. What they did in Skyrim which I genuinely applaud them on was they did a lot of streamlining. Uh some of the stuff worked very well. Some of the stuff um I felt made it a little bit too easy, but overall I think they did a good job regarding mysticism there were certain spells in there that they simply moved to other schools of magic so now you have alteration illusion conjuration restoration and destruction instead of including mysticism so some of the skills in mysticism that was in that were in oblivion they moved to those various different five other schools which which does make sense um I, I, I don't know if I want mysticism as a school back, but I, I, I wish in, uh, in sort of doing these kind of streamlining that they had kept some of the more robust systems that they al- allowed you to kind of take advantage of the, uh, some of the other uh, magical elements in there. So, but, um,
4: so are you I- referring to like the spell creation? wasn't that part of Mr. Yes, yes,
3: that that's exactly what I'm referring to actually. Um I thought spell creation in Oblivion was one of the coolest things uh in that game once you got to the arcane university and you actually if you got the uh the the, the DLC you could do it in a couple of... I think you could do it in um uh the Frostcrag Spire. You could uh I think you could weave spells there. I'm, don't to quote me on that. But you could you could you know, you you had some of these abilities where you could create spells, and I genuinely loved that. And I was a little bit disappointed that you couldn't do that in Skyrim. Um, even though they did, they did seem to beef up the alchemy quite a bit from Oblivion. I I, I would like to see spell weaving come back in the next Elder Scrolls game, uh, just because I think it ha- it definitely has its place. Um, and I think it just allows a little for more. Custom cre- uh, customization and uh, a more personal touch on the way you approach magic. You as in the player approach magic. So, yeah, I'd love to see that come back.
2: I have to, I have to say, I really disagree. I don't like the idea of um, creating spells. I mean, if, if you look at like uh, the Skyrim Nexus, and you look at all the like the, the, the spell mods, they're just ridiculously overpowered. I know it's a one-player game, but, you know, if, if you can bring down you know, you can rain hellfire on people and then make them vanish and, and all this. I just, I think it's too much. I think there needs to be some kind of limit and bar set.
4: Well, I think that, that's that, that's where, I'm sorry, go ahead, John. Oh, I was just going to say, Um, I think that something they could use mysticism for in the next game is just another way of getting the tomes instead of having so many tome books laying around. Or having them uh, buying them from a vendor. If you set, you know, the the ingredients or the requirements to craft that spell at a balanced place, and make it a more personal thing, I think uh, a lot of players would really appreciate that. And to speak
3: to the overpowered spells, Maury, I think I honestly, whenever I the, the most powerful spell I crafted in Oblivion. Is nowhere near some of the the spell mods that I have seen. So I, I think with the, the the overpowered nature that you're talking about, I think that kind of comes from uh, right. um some of the mods. But I I know that I personally I haven't created a hugely jacked kind of spell just in oblivion.
2: Oh no! So, well, well, you see, we're all oh we've just come we're just crushed. No, I can still hear you guys. No, no, uh, yeah, no, fine.
0: <laughs> our, our XSplit crashed. <laughs> yeah, well, yep,
3: it just crashed for me. Yeah.
0: I mean, we're still, <laughs> we're still recording, of course. We're still, we still got a show going, but, uh, oh, yeah, of
2: course.
0: Unfortunately, yeah, the XSplit crashed. <laughs> so, I guess just, uh, just type in the chat room there as I, as I try and get ourselves back up. Uh, yeah, I'll put it in. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. So, go ahead, Shank. No,
3: just <laughs> Um, I, I, there. I, I haven't. I have. I have seen mods that are incredibly, incredibly overpowered, and I completely agree with you, Maury, that they are very overpowered, and it, it's a bit unrealistic and a little bit emergent breaking to an extent. But in my personal experience, I have never created a spell that is that that is as crazy powerful as I have seen in those mods. That's yeah, I mean,
2: been... I, I maybe didn't mean us. I mean, we're pretty decent people and we're sensible, but. But, you know, that's the problem when you give people creativity. You know, that's why you get some people in MMOs who call their characters zippy big boy and things like that. (laughs) sometimes, Sometimes giving people enough rope isn't good because it means they hang themselves. And I think that's why you need to kind of restrain some things.
3: So would, would you be opposed to them bringing back uh, spell weaving but placing certain limitations so you could not make incredibly overpowered like you, you magic does have its limits kind of thing?
2: I, I say um, if you bought spell weaving, it would be a way to learn a spell that you haven't found, that you haven't learned. So maybe you haven't found a spell for Balbo, so it's a way you can craft that spell to learn it. Rather exactly. Than, yeah. That's, that's what a I'll, good idea. See. Yeah. Rather than like learn Hellfire and Brimstone spell. I think.
0: Well, uh, we, we should be back live uh, for those of you that are in our live chat room and not, not just listening to the podcast. We, we do apologize for the interruption uh, in the conversation there. Um, but Hey, that's, that's what the podcast for. And, and for those of you on the podcast, uh, you know, I appreciate you bearing with us as we as we try and move our conversation uh, a little bit left and right, trying to help out those who are who are here in the chat room today. <laughs> uh,
2: ah! <sighs> we can't have two episodes in a row called Crash, can we? No, I don't, I don't think we can.
0: <laughs> no, we can't. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> Would it be classic Elder Scrolls Night if something
1: didn't crash? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, gonna say that. It seems a
4: requirement is someone loses their pants and something crashes. And something's got to crash.
3: <laughs> and, and, and between <laughs> that and it's my favorite one, my absolutely favorite one was me, Lou, and a and our one was playing Morwin, and he just did this like epic thing, died, and completely forgot to save after like two hours. <laughs> then, there was like a tangible, like palpable pause, and he was like, "Well, time to play Oblivion." <laughs>
0: <laughs> that happens. It does happen. Oh God, God, love the old technology. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. Oh, chat room didn't like that. We've lost half of them with the crash. Oh
0: no, really?
2: Yeah, uh, oh, we've gone shame. back up. <laughs> okay,
0: we're, we're back Yay. up though. Yeah, so. you in- Incidentally, though, uh, you know, I, I gotta know how many how many people have we did we have in there so far?
2: Uh, topped out about thirty five, I think. Thirty five. Oh, that's not <laughs> bad. That's what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I mean, cause we are going. I mean, so I imagine we're going to be missing some people tonight. Sure washing yeah, the but, and I mean,
4: stuff thanks to those of you guys that came out and uh, thanks for being engaged with the discussion
2: they've been a buzz all night it's been yeah. great we really love having you guys that's what makes us come back every night and try and give you something great and uh, hopefully some engaging and almost intelligent conversation
0: <laughs> almost intelligent when things don't crash it sort of sounds intelligent
1: <laughs> yeah you know what else Ladies,
0: sounds
4: ask- intelligent?
0: What's that? A British guy reading a book. Ah, uh, are we on to that portion of the show now?
2: <laughs> Possibly. Uh yeah, I mean I don't think people have heard me talk enough tonight, so I can definitely jump into Random Law with Murray. Do you like that?
0: I liked it actually. I, I lowered the game volume extra just so I can get it. Yeah,
2: if you can like, if you can edit that and put some echo on it, I think it will sound balling. Probably,
0: <laughs> probably not going to happen. But you know. okay.
2: So, <laughs> uh, I I've just randomised a book over at the Imperial Library, uh, and I have to say John did a really poor job last night on uh, Elder Scrolls off the record. At, at, doing my segment <laughs> didn't work out good huh I don't know I don't know whose idea was to give him that but I think, uh, you know how I
4: found out Mark reading down the show notes before we got to the segment right?
0: And, and for that I'll have to blame the person who wasn't there last night which was Lou <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and incidentally
0: work. he's not here today either so it works out in my favor <laughs> But I feel I did great.
4: You did fantastic. Exactly. So boo on you. Well, it's right. Though, though my sh- one, I
2: think, I think my sh- one shortcoming
4: is I don't have a British accent. Couldn't keep up with the British accent. He could not. No, and I, I admitted to that before I did it. Yes, he did. I'll,
2: I'll try and do it in a Bostonian accent, y'all. No, please, stop. no, don't. No, no, oh, no, okay, no. Boston. Okay, no, no. my God, don't do I'm that. crying right now. <laughs> yes. Macaw, my macaw. My is that, is that good?
0: I think it'd be better if you just did it.
2: <laughs> uh, I've had plenty of women say that. In- <laughs> okay. Oh. Luminal or Liminal Bridges by Kaminlo of Alinor. A Discourse on the Theory of Praxis of Travelling Between mundis and Oblivion by Kaminlo Alwar. Al- Alino Ah transliminal passage of quickened objects or entities without the persistent agency of hyperagonal media is not possible. And if possible would result in instantaneous retromission of the transported reference only a transpontine. Circumpenetration of the liminal will result in transits of greater than internestim. oh my Jesus who picked this infinitesimal duration wow though our hyperagonal media may exist in theory the only known transliminal artifact capable of sustained Transpontine Circumpentration Is the sigil stone A sigil stone is a specimen Of pre-mythic Quasi-crystalline morpholith That has been Transformed into an Extra-dimensional artefact Through the arcane inscription Of Deadric sigil Though some common Morpholisis Like soul gems may be found in nature. The exotic morpholis use the meek sigil stones. Occur only in pocket voids of oblivion. And cannot be uh, prospected or harvested without daedric assistant. Therefore since both the morpholistic and daedric sigils require the Hyperagonal media cannot be obtained without traffic and commerce with Daedra Lords. It is necessary that a transliminal transliminal mechanic, cultivator, a working knowledge of conjuration through purpose-built enchantments may be substituted. If the mechanic has suffered invocatory skill, traffic and Commerce with Daedra laws is an esoteric but well-established practice and lies outside the compass of its treaties. Presuming a sigil stone has been acquired, the transliminal mechanic must first prepare the morpholite to receive the Daedric sigil. Let the mechanic prepare a chamber sealed against all daylight and disturbances of the outer air, roofed and walled with white stone and floored with black tiles. All services of the chamber must be ritually purified with a solution of void salts in either solvent. A four square table shall be placed in the center of the room with a dish to receive the morpholite. Four censers shall be prepared with incense compound from Gorvix and Harada on the equinox. The mechanic shall then place the morpholite in the dish and intone the rites of the book of law, beginning at dawn and counting with cease until the sunset of the same day. The mechanic may present the purified morpholite to the David Lord for its inscription. Once inscribed with the David Lord's sigil, the morpholite becomes a true sigil stone, a powerful artifact that collects and stores arcane power. Similar in many respects to a charged soul gem, but of a much greater magnitude, and it is this sigil stone that required to provide the tremendous arcane power necessary to sustain the enchantment that supports the transpontine circumpenetration of the luminum, the limen, uh, to open a gate to oblivion. The mechanic must communicate directly or. Sp- by spell or enchantment with the Daedra Lord who inscribed the sigil stone in question. The Daedra Lord and the mechanic jointly invoke the Conjuration Charter and the mechanic activates the charged sigil Stone which is immediately transported through the liminal barrier to the spot where the sigil was inscribed thus opening a temporary portal between Mundus and Oblivion. The portal may only remain open for the brief period of time, depending on the strength of the liminal barrier at the chosen spots, several minutes being the longest ever reported, so the usefulness of such a gate is quite limited. Uh, And that is liminal bridges. Wow. (laughs) That literally
3: read read like a thesis or something. (laughs) Wow.
0: Maury, I I applaud your your stick with itness on that. That yes, have you have been.
2: Applaud my efforts, but not my linguistic skills. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh did,
2: that, man, that was a tongue twister!
0: It was. You did better than I could have under the <laughs> the random and abrupt circumstances. Very very good. Thank you very uh-huh. much for for sticking with it and. and
1: I'm doing... going to have a lie down.
0: I <laughs> have to, like, relax a little bit.
3: Have a bit of a kip in, as you Brits would say. Yeah, I'm going to have a kip. Yeah. Have a kip.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. John, how we doing? What else we got left on the show tonight?
4: <laughs> uh, well, I did want to take a minute and just talk about uh, a mod, as I have done uh, every week so far. So this week, it's another Skyrim mod that you can find on the Skyrim Nexus called uh, Realistic Needs and Diseases. And this one kind of ties into the discussion about how clutter impacts your game because this really changes how the clutter impacts my game. Uh, This adds the need uh, for your character to eat or drink. And by setting this up, uh, now running through the ends and seeing all the food, those are things I do definitely want to pick up because I will at some point in time need to consume those to... uh, keep my character from receiving negative buffs for being hungry or thirsty. It also adds a slew of different diseases that you can get uh, from being out in the cold. It works well with Frostfall, and it kind of really increases the difficulty uh, a little bit of the game, but not to the point where it just makes monsters stronger. It just makes how you approach the game a little more cautious and difficult. So I think it's a real interesting mod to have.
3: So do you have to? You have to like keep. You have to sleep and everything,
4: or do you like? Yep, you have to sleep because you get tired. You have to eat and you have to drink. And um, it, if you use SKSE, it has the um, mod settings add-on, so you can tweak it a little bit and you can set the rates if you feel that it's happening a bit too much and it's being a bit too cumbersome you can lower it and set it to something you feel is more appropriate hmm.
0: I love I like those the mods that that do that you know if you're if you're the kind of uh, player who wants to add some some sort of level of difficulty to the game that that maybe the devs haven't thought about or or a piece of realism you know mods like that really definitely help out with that Um. On a side note, and maybe somewhat related, I contracted vampirism while <laughs> we were going through that lore section.
4: <laughs> and you're in a dungeon. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Are you almost done with this dungeon? I'm getting there. I would love to see you walk outside.
0: I, I'm I'm attempting it. <laughs> I'm getting very, very close. Uh, one of the cool things about being a vampire in Elder Scrolls games is it always gives you like you know buffs to certain things especially if you're a sneak assassin type of character like I'm playing right now Um, so I have resist paralysis resist normal weapons resist magic resist fire resist disease all of this actually comes from from vampirism so let's uh, let's see exactly how how this this plays out for me
4: I believe, actually, you get stronger perks as the disease uh, gets stronger, but it also increases the f- the rate at which it strengthens, and at one point it will eventually put like this huge negative buff on you, if I remember right. Maybe Shank can correct me.
3: Yeah, so vampirism is kind of interesting in, in, in Oblivion. Um, yeah, I mean basically you you have these various effects so you are right when you say you know your effects um, increase or whatever but basically your first day your your vampirism levels 25 percent second day 50 so you know really like after 72 ish hours you're a hundred percent vampire and your your you your bonuses your strength bonuses um, increase accordingly but also your weaknesses for example your weakness to uh, fire. And also, I, th- I think normal weapons and obviously sunlight. So your weaknesses also do get more pronounced. So at a certain point, you literally can't even walk out in the sun, really, unless you feed. And if you feed, then you you know your vamp your vampirism. You can kind of uh, um, manage your vampirism like that. But what's cool is that after every, you know, uh, day, you know, first day, second day, third day, fourth day, etc., you get an additional ability. So, for example, a Varwin uh, just contract uh, contracted vampirism. Right. So, after the first day, he's going to get the ability called Hunter's Sight. Second day, vampirize some uh, seduction. I can't remember the third and fourth day. But um, basically, you get an, uh, an ability as the each successive day goes on, and I'm I'm not sure how this is in Skyrim. I'm sure because of Dawnguard, they've got some pretty cool stuff in there. But at least in Oblivion, this is how it works. And um, if Arwen, I'm actually very interested to see how this works um, because I know last time you had it, like you went on this crazy quest to try
0: and cure it. Oh yeah, because it was uh, it was totally like I didn't even mean to to get it. Now, uh, I wanted to get it and I <laughs> couldn't even. I accidentally cured myself of it, so. <laughs> this is uh, very funny. In the, in the beginning stages of vampirism, all you do is just drink a cure disease potion and that's it, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once you get it, you've got to go on this ridiculous, epic quest in order to
4: rid yourself of it. The Oblivion character I mentioned playing, uh, the one playthrough I did have, uh, still does have vampirism, and I've been playing through it, and I'm probably level 30, and I got it at, like, level 12. Wow. Wow. Phew. Oh, man, that was close.
0: I'm eager to see, like, how close I am of getting out of here, because I've been in here for a long time, and... Oh, Chameleon.
3: Ooh, Chameleon is... in. This is, this is a spell that I wish came back.
0: Yeah, that's a, that is a great, great spell if, you, if you're looking to, to play a sneak character. Chameleon's fantastic. I mean, the bonuses that you get by casting that um, are, are extremely high, and you've got to be a very high-level character uh, in order to even detect a person under the effects of Chameleon.
2: Well, is, it, is it different to revisi- uh, invisible in uh, Skyrim? Yes, so okay. in invisibility,
3: you cast invisibility and you go invisible, right? Okay. But yeah. as soon as you interact with something, you're taken out of that invisibility. Chameleon is cool because you can you can still kind of. It, it, it's not a perfect invisibility, but it basically lasts for the entire duration of the effect. You know, regardless of whatever actions. Or uh, interact interactions that you might have. Um, so once you get like a hundred percent chameleon, for example, you become you're you're basically like you, you could walk into someone and they wouldn't know that you're there. So it it, it gets very very powerful, um, and it, it's it's an incredibly useful skill. Uh, sorry, spell and effect if you are a thief or an assassin. So it, it's really cool.
1: Oh nice.
0: Unfortunately, this uh, undead character has seen me, so... <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Even though I'm under the effects of Chameleon. <laughs> hopefully I'll be able to hide from him. There's
3: nothing wrong with bravely hiding, man.
4: Oh. Uh, tactically Ta- retreating.
3: Tactical
0: retreat, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that is called. Tactical retreating. I like that. That's a real term.
2: So I think that's all our discussion topics for tonight. Yeah,
0: yeah that uh, that that is basically it. Those are our, our discussion topics. Um, you guys have anything else that maybe you wanna you wanna bring up for for a little bit before we we sort of close the show out? Uh, I mean, as far as as far as shows go, I think this was an unbelievably epic, epic, classic Elder Scrolls night.
2: It's been fully charged and fully packed. For
0: sure. that, that is absolutely the case
4: Yeah I think we really had a great time tonight Once again Thanks yeah. Shank for coming on And thanks for having me on I had a blast um, But I really do want to see you go outside and burn No
0: offense <laughs> Well, I've only got uh, 25% vampirism right now. So, I mean, I don't think it's going to be, you know, that bad. But she's been smacking me in the face with fireballs left and right and hasn't really done, you know, too much. Man, I wish I had like a potion that, like a poison that drained her mana or something. Because she's just, I'm knocking her down. Do you, have, down, any, do you have any shock spells? I might. I might have something.
3: Shock kind of, uh, does, uh, affects Magicka. There we
0: go. Potion of paralysis. There you go. Though. <laughs> <laughs> that works. can't. Ah, she got me. I'm dead. <laughs> All right. All right. There we go. And on that note.
4: <laughs> no, it's been a classic Elder Scrolls night.
0: Exactly. It has been Uh classically classic. Well, thank you very much, everyone. I really appreciate, uh, everyone coming in, saying hi, joining us for classic Elder Scrolls night. Uh, I guess we'll we'll end off with our final thoughts here, and we'll start with John.
1: Hmm,
4: I can't wait to jump into more Morwind, and this time my character is not going to sell his pants. <laughs> and Maury. Uh,
2: I guess it's keep an open mind and embrace the past as we walk towards the future that's deep mm. very
0: uh shank um thank
3: you very much uh for inviting me i this is honestly this is like one of my even before this was a podcast this was one of my favorite streams to watch and be a part of and just hang out and have a conversation with so um to see it fleshed out with like discussion topics and all this other kind of stuff, it's so it's so engaging. I, I really, really love it. Um, it honestly makes me so incredibly happy um, to be just de- delving into like the history, basically, of the Elder Scrolls. So I'm very excited, um, and I'm going to attempt to get more Oblivion—not uh, more Oblivion, but the mod, more Oblivion—working uh, so I can uh, play some Morrowind uh, running on Oblivion's engine
0: well uh guys, thank you like I said w- once again for for coming in uh shank, welcome to the show. I love the fact that you're now a permanent uh, cast member here, and I think this this show is is better with you uh, than without you
3: well thank you that actually you know that means a lot to me
0: <laughs> yeah, and for those of you out there who who love uh classic discussion. This show is for you and, and you've you have weighed in and we've we've been receiving a lot of emails, a lot of tweets saying love love the new show. Uh, this isn't going anywhere, guys. I'm so excited that that it's been received as well as it has been. Uh, it's it's up on YouTube, it's on the feed. If you listen to Elder Scrolls Off the Record, if you listen to Quest Gaming Network, this is just coming directly to you. Uh, just be aware that it does record on twitch.tv forward slash quest gaming network every Friday night, starting at 9 o'clock Eastern Time, and you can, of course, catch it on YouTube. Whenever the Twitch stream doesn't crash, you can catch it in its entirety. (laughs) 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 Alright, have a good night, everyone. Take care. Be safe, and may the foos be with you.